It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday Welcome to All Set for Sunday, your favorite podcast for getting all set for Sunday. (laughs) Uh, For busy and distracted Catholics. A podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name's Scott Williams, my co-host is Jeff Trailer. We're out of practice. Hi, hey, Scott. Hey, bud. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Well, we're back. Again. I think. Yeah, again. We're <laughs> we, back again. We feel very confident this time that we're back. The audio dingers on the computer are saying that everything's looking good. We've done some tests, so we should be in good shape. And uh, because we screwed up so bad, I invited Father Peter back again. <laughs> Father Peter, thanks for coming for round two, uh, and I'm sorry. Nothing uh, says screwing up like inviting Father Peter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm never the guest you want, but I am the guest that can be available. <laughs> You're always the guest we need. <laughs> right. Yeah. The ministry of availability. Right. It's, it's, it's an overlooked one. Yeah. There's a second doctorate. Yeah. That's, there you go. Uh the ministry, or what, what was your other one? The the yeah. theology of place. Theology of place. I think there should be one that's the theology of showing up. Right. Yeah, that that'd go a long ways. I could write a few papers on that. I think. Not going to. But <laughs> Are I'm we going just going to say things we could do? Yeah. I, I could be a fighter pilot. I could parallel park. <laughs> Not going to. Not going to. I'm going on vacation next week. You're going on vacation. Tomorrow. This, yeah, yeah. This week. <laughs> this week. Actually, when this airs, I will be back from vacation. Yes. Probably. Or not airs, but for the actual Sunday. Have you ever been to Sedona, Arizona? I don't, I don't believe I've ever been to Arizona. No? It's no. it's hot. Yeah. Not right now. My experience the last time I went to Arizona, it was hot and miserable. It is going to be cold. So Really? Are you in the mountains? Uh, I don't know. Going to Sedona. Just showing up. Okay. Uh, but what does cold mean? Like, like so, here cold? No. Like 40s. One of the lows is down to 29. Oh, but 40, that, 40s, that 50s. Cold. Lows, 20s, 30s. Okay. Anyways. Well, hopefully awesome. you get out before what a getaway. The, uh, yeah. the, the storm we're going to have this week. Yes. Yeah. That's my goal. Speaking of things that are hot, let's go through some of these readings. <laughs> Uh, you ready for the two minute drill? I am. Cool. <laughs> this is hot. All right. Uh, <laughs> our first reading this week comes from Isaiah chapter six. I was going to say cold because that's exactly what we were talking about, but there's nothing cold about the readings, right? No. No. Straight fire. Fire. Um, actually, there is a hot ember. Um, so <laughs> in our first reading today, we, we hear from the seraphim, which I think is really interesting because last week we talked to Father Peter about angels and here the seraphim are and they're yelling. Um, and I think there's a little bit of a theme that I found in our readings this week of like words from the mass. Mm. So they, they keep kind of appearing uh, throughout the reading. So the seraphim are yelling, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, mm-hmm. which sounds very similar to something we hear every Sunday, every mass uh, when we celebrate together. And uh, so the seraphim are talking about this and, and Isaiah says, I'm doomed. 
Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy to to be here with these seraphim and what they're saying. I've I've been unclean. Mm-hmm. I've lived a tough life. And then all of a sudden, one of the seraphim flies over, puts a hot coal in his mouth, and then says, you're good. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Isaiah apparently is good. His mouth, his sin is purged by putting hot coals in his mouth. I wouldn't recommend that to everybody. There's a way easier way to have your sins forgiven these days. Um, so avoid hot embers and coals in your mouth. But uh, yeah. then... But the does question, it work? Does that still work? Is that something you can... Never mind. Go ahead. No, Dumb do questions. not try this. At <laughs> so, if I didn't want to go to the penance service, oh. can I... <laughs> this is perfect. The questions have gotten dumb again. Good. Um, and then we hear them ask, whom shall I send? And God volunteers as tribute. It's pretty great. Uh, the, the Lord volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. Um, can you volu- not whistle? Huh? Can you not whistle? <laughs> okay. You did it's just it. an airy whistle. Yeah. Sorry. More teeth than lips. Yeah. Sure. That's okay. Um, so he volunteers to be sent. The responsorial psalm then uh, is in the sight of the angels, I will sing your praises, Lord. So it really feeds off that first reading. Mm-hmm. In the sight of the angels, Isaiah does sing the Lord's praises. And so it's just a, a nice little reminder there in the psalm. And then the second reading. So the second reading, the way these new, these new wonderful, uh, every Sacred Sunday reflection <laughs> journals that were given to us by a lovely, lovely wife of my co-host. Um, but the way they do short form, long form is they just say the short forms in the brackets, but it's like the whole thing. And this one's all broken up. So it was a little tricky to follow along, but I get this sense in here in this, uh, reading first Corinthians that Paul's being like a little sassy. He like, he's, he, I love this when he does this in his letters where he's just so frustrated with these people. And he's like, Listen, it is pretty simple. And so he says, first, Christ died for our sin in accordance with the scripture. There's another little shout out to the mass. And then he says, he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter. Peter. Correct? Yeah. Look at me. I know what I'm talking. Hey, you're Peter. I'm Peter. Is it Cephas or Cephas? Cephas. Who knows? Yeah. I do. Somebody (laughs) probably knows. Um, (laughs) So Father Cephas over here. Uh, So he appears to Cephas, Cephas. Uh, the 12, then the 500, then James, then the apostles, and then to Paul. And he says, we saw him. We know he existed. You need to believe that we saw him. We're vouching for this. Done. I like it. It's just short, sweet, simple. I like when those letters are just basically this like, listen, idiots. We saw, we saw him. He rose from the dead. We saw him. Just... <laughs> Do what we're telling you. Your life will be better because of it. And then we get to the gospel. Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and lower your nets for catch. Simon said, reply, said in reply, master, we have worked hard all night. Are you okay? Go ahead. <laughs> master, I have, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. 
They came and filled the boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of the fish they had made seized him and all those with him, and likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. Do you keep laughing? Why do you keep laughing? You said Simon said. <laughs> that's, that's where we're at. Last, I'll remind you of last week when we discussed, uh, what was it? I put aside childish things, yet here we are. I'll never not do that. <laughs> Father Peter, has, has anybody ever said? Wait, you forgot to ask everybody's favorite question. Oh, yeah. Father Peter, did Jeff mess anything up? No. Nothing? Nothing. Not one? Mm-mm. No. I don't believe it. But so Thank you. I feel like you're preparing harder for podcasts now than, than in previous <laughs> times. I would say that <laughs> 40 minutes before this podcast, I had zero prepared. Right. So <laughs> that would not be the case. <laughs> so Peter is Cephas. Yes. Cephas is rock. Rock. Has you, have you ever been like, can you smell what Father Peter's cooking? <laughs> no. No, I've never never posed that question to anybody before. Actually, never. if that was a, a question that was uh, posed, it's probably something very good. Father Peter's an excellent chef. He is an excellent chef. Yeah. What do you got what do you got cooking up for this weekend's homily? Are you gonna go but with it's... angelology or no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Uh so I think uh the last two weeks, we've been focused on uh, the Word of God and living the Word of God and proclaiming the Word of God. And this week, we come to kind of one of the most common objections or difficulties that people have with uh, following that, with with speaking the Word of God, and it's that we are all sinners, right? And mm-hmm. so... There's two things I think that are important in these readings. One is the the importance of acknowledging that on my own, I am a sinner. I'm not worthy to uh, speak the word of God. That's Isaiah and, and Peter in the gospel. But God makes us worthy. God forgives our sins. He cleanses us and... Uh, and makes us worthy for the work that he has set before us. And how do we know what the work is that is set before us? Discern. Are you just, are you just saying we that? Discern. Are you, are, is what you're trying to week. say is that we're all capable of proclaiming the word of yes. God, and regardless of our sin, our shortcomings, God's going to cleanse that, that and empower us to do that. Right, and that looks different for for all of us in the details, right? Right. Like I preach at mass and uh, you preach in the business world and uh, you preach in your family and you preach in your neighborhoods, but uh, it's all proclaiming. It's all preaching in, in some sense. Okay. I'll accept that premise. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I mean, in a lot of ways, like I, I, I don't feel like I'm adequate to do certain things. I can, I can follow a template or, or, you know, participate in, 
in group conversations and things like that. But the thought of like ever, you know, going through the word of God and, and actually proclaiming a homily sounds way out of my league. Oh, I mean, if I can do it every week, you could do it at least once in a while. You say that, but you're like really good at it. <laughs> yeah, you you say that, but and we've discussed it on the podcast before that it, like it's an absolute reality that like not everybody has that talent. In fact, not even every priest has that talent. Unfortunately, that's true. Which but yeah. is the nature of it. Yes. And I think while people are taught and they can have the template and they know how to deliver a homily, they can go through all the pieces, there is something about taking it from just delivering a homily to proclaiming and mm -hmm. like engaging and not even just the, like I'm sharing this out, but that your message pulls back. Yeah. Like pulls people in, not just, isn't just preachy. I mean, there, right. there is something to be said. Like we use the term preachy about like, don't preach at me. Right. Right. If right. you're genuinely preaching to people, then it, it is almost participatory in the fact that like it should draw their minds into what you're saying and engage them in a deeper way. And even if it's not question and answer and raise your hands and yeah. answer questions during mass and get yeah. candy bars given out. No, that happened at my daughter's school for a while at the masses where they would, they would give candy during the homily. Right. The, because there, there isn't a Eucharistic fast. Well, they weren't supposed to eat it. Ah, uh, okay. They just got it for after right. mass. Okay. But anyway, it just seemed weird. Weird. Out Oreos. Yeah. Homilies. Single Oreos? Uh, no. That, like, my one daughter came home one day with, like, an entire pack of Oreos. Like, <laughs> a whole thing. All right. Yeah. Interesting. But every, but it is, like, it, it's something I do love. Like, good homilies, bad homilies, whatever you want to put it. I love that everywhere I go, to, like, if I don't know that priest, if I've not seen them preach, I, I'm, I know what I'm going to see is genuinely them. Yeah. Like, Priest, every priest I know who preaches has a style. Right. They have a, like, it, it's not like they are a vastly different person every no. week when they preach. Like, they have that style. They have themes that they use. They And I love that. Like, some use props, and some, it's it's visual aids, and right. others, it's stories. It's always a story that, you know, draws and connects, or right. others... Others, it's the Beatles right. every single time. <laughs> Shout I, out to Father Tim. <laughs> poor Father Tim. So I... So my son, he's three and a half, almost, I guess he'll be four sooner than we, we know it, but he is more and more starting to pick up on everything we say. And I've begun to like think, okay, I need to do a better job of filtering the gospel message and father's homily into a distilled down version of what that means for a very young child. Right. Do you have any advice on how to do that for this week's readings? If you were preaching to Dominic this weekend, just Dominic. <laughs> just Dominic. Uh, Assuming he doesn't sleep through the homily. Yeah, he, he did fall asleep at Mass on Saturday. <laughs> Poor Scott, alone, both kids I, yeah, at Mass. Uh, Dominic uh, just passes out. Elizabeth was on a retreat, so I had both kids by myself, front row, and, <laughs> and Dominic. So assuming Dominic's but awake and engaged. Isn't that a good thing? Like, isn't that good it for a parent? It worked out great for me. <laughs> better than other options. I, you were a parent at I mass. got him a pillow and... <laughs> Love it. Uh, so I think, Dominic, in a few years, you're going to make your first confession because we're all sinners and we need to confess our sins. Dominic is going to run around and tell me I'm a sinner then. Right. That is 100%. <laughs> 
Uh, and because God forgives our sins, we can tell others about God's great love for, for each and every one of us. Okay. All right. That was good. Is that... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that down. I don't speak to a lot of four-year-olds. I so. honestly, that was the best. I'm going to ask you every week to just explain <laughs> to me what, hey, Father, just in the, just hypothetically, what would you tell Dominic about this week's gospel? Because that was great. There is something about, again. That's a new podcast. Yes. A three-second a three podcast of what the homily is for a three-year-old, and then everybody, yeah. gets, everybody Preach wins. Preach to me like I'm a five-year-old. That's the name of the podcast. We should do that. Yes. Oh, all right. Let's not do um, that, though, in yeah. reality. Yeah, let's do another one and call it Gen X Catholics. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the the oh. bitterness is deep in this room. And we'll use anonymous anonymous Spe hosts. Speaking of needing to go to confession. Um, <laughs> true. Um, no, I think what you just said there, though, hits a, the same point that I was making about, like, I love when Paul is just... Paul preaches to the Corinthians like they're five years old. Yes. Like he, he does. Mm -hmm. like he, and I love that in the letters. So like all of the letters very much are just like, these were not heavily educated people. They were not, the, this was not the royal classes. These were people who just, he needed, they needed to have things explained to them in just such a basic way. So I think it's, just, it's very similar to what you just said. Like it's, it's this easy. We can proclaim and preach the gospel. Right. And we can do it better when we are without sin. So yeah. God gives us an avenue. He has died for our sins so that we can do this even better. That's right. I love it. There's also this theme of like just total abandonment, like being able to give ourselves wholly and putting everything aside, forgetting about what everybody else thinks and dropping our nets. They left everything and followed him. Yeah. I think there's something important to that as, as well. It's like, we yes, we're sinners. Yes, we need forgiveness. But in that forgiveness, we're turning away from sin and going back to Christ. Right. And that's one part that we have to remember, turning away from sin. Yes. And, and that we all have areas in our lives in which we struggle to drop, mm -hmm. right? If we're going to stay with that image of the fishermen on the shore there, what is the area of our life that we've been holding on to and not dropping at the feet of Christ? Yeah. Can you define fishers of men for me? I understand, like, in today's gospel, it says you're going to be, become fishers of men. Does that just literally mean, like, we need to evangelize and bring more people to Christ? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Ready for you dumb questions? Catch them and reel them in. Right. It's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points. All thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. I feel like we're rolling a whole podcast for questions. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, well, I, yeah. Today is, speak to me like I'm a five-year-old. That's where my brain capacity is. So. That's yeah, all right. Honestly, it's like the best. Uh, all right, dumb questions for this week. All right. Many, my dumb questions this week came out of the scripture. So I've, I've got some questions here. So in that first reading, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, right? Right. What? So... Again, I should I should know this, and I should have known this up to this point, but let's assume I do. But for other people who are listening, yeah, in Mass, when we do the Holy Holy, we say Holy 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 Lord God of Hosts, right? Right. And I guess in my mind, Hosts was like the host, 
Oh, no. That, like, is that mass? Armies. So, like, why are those things, but why are those two things named the same? Because I'm presuming the host of mass, that name came later. So why, where, yeah. So, uh, for other people. The yeah. Hebrew. And then I'll explain what I know about it. Is Sabaoth, uh, or uh, armies, and the host is an old English term for uh, an army assembled on a battlefield. That's the host of the king of uh, whatever. Okay. Yeah, they should pick a new word. So when King Uzziah died, it was the, like, because they're talking about right. the seraphim are saying all this in the year that King Uzziah died. They, these were, all of a sudden the seraphim were claiming that the Lord of his hosts no, his the, armies. It's the Lord's armies. The Lord's armies. Yes. Okay, and uh, it it speaks to uh, are the seraphim the yes. Lord's armies? Yes, got it. Okay, along with the other angels. Ah, and it speaks to and thrones and dominions. Right, all the powers and angels <laughs> yeah. of heaven. Yes, yes. Uh, the it's it really is speaking to God's the God's might and power there. Yes. and so you imagine. Uh, who is uh, what looks in the ancient Israel like a powerful king, a king with a mighty yes. big army? Again, because we were explaining this to people like they were five, right? So we needed to show them like what does that look like? Is Go it ahead. holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, or is it holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts? The the actual passage today says holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. But at Mass, do you know? Uh, Is there a difference in what I just said? Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts. Where's the comma? Um, it's three holies. Is it holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, or is it? I always use the old chant to help with my uh, uh, punctuation there, so... Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth. Okay. Did you answer the question then? So there's a part. It's holy, holy, holy. Lord, Lord God, God of hosts. Got it. Okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. Yes. But second part of my question. Why then do we call the physical That comes the from, host. A, from a different meaning of the word host as... We know that the what we call the accidents, the appearances of bread remain, even though the substance is changed. And so the appearance of bread hosts the uh, uh, body and blood of Christ. So it's like a hospitality type of host, like someone that is hosting in the sense of like the bread is host, the host of Christ in its appearance. Yes. Contains within it. Got it. Yeah. Are those words the same in other languages, or is this just a, like... I don't know. I barely speak English. That's You were just speaking Hebrew. Right. Yes. And I know you speak some Latin, so... And Portuguese. <laughs> I do not speak any Portuguese. Portuguese. All right. Sorry. So, okay. So we don't know. Um, tell me when Paul in his letter is talking to the Corinthians, and he says, he lists all the people who Christ appeared to after he rose, right? He says, Cephas, Cephas, whatever we're going to say. The he rock. says the 12, the 500, James, and the apostles. What is the difference here between the 12 and the apostles? 
I think he's listen? using uh, apostles in the second instance as a, a more looser meaning disciples, not the technical, the 12 apostles. But why would he not have said disciples? Because we know that word is like used regularly. Because he's Paul. I mean, he was kind of a pain. Right. Okay. He was sassy in this. I oh, said yeah, that. Very right? sassy. Okay. I like him though. Um, Good dude. To get off his high horse. Um, but then we also your get. Shirt, soccer, just com. St. Paul. We also get why we call Paul an apostle because Christ appeared to him post-resurrection. Ah, uh, so maybe when he appeared to those disciples, they became apostles because. That's often uh, a, because a use of the distinction, like before the resurrection, they were disciples, post-resurrection, they were apostles. Okay. That makes sense. All right. The, in this gospel reading, we get this idea or the concept of fishers of men, right? right? We were just talking about this before. And Good what does question. That mean? Thanks. So that, that phrasing is always like, I mean, it's like a dad joke, right? It's like a, it's, it's punny. Right. The idea of like, oh, you guys were fishermen. Now I'll make you fishers of, of men. men. <laughs> hey, oh. But that's another one that I want to know. Like, did that, does that make, does that, is it as funny in the trans, in the other translation? Like in Aramaic, when Jesus was saying this, was it like, <laughs> they all laugh. Was it a play on words? Or is this, again, just an English translation of like fishermen and fishers? Of I think it's an English translation that, oh. that makes the pun so effective. Oh, that's our, that's, that's a little too bad, but yeah. like, I like it either way. Yeah. I just think it's always like, I like to think that there was somebody in the back of the crowd who he said that and they were like, ha! <laughs> Simon said. <laughs> uh, all right, that's all I got. That's I got one more. Yeah. Can I do one more? Yeah. Father yeah. Peter, if you could put anything on a coffee mug, what would it be? On a coffee mug? Mm -hmm. Like a slogan? Whatever. Whatever, anything. Slogan, picture. Um, St. Jude is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always promoting the parish. Good work. Yeah. Okay. That, I was... I'm sure that mug probably exists for the children's hospital. It probably <laughs> does. Probably I, does. I mean, the parish. When I worked in, at St. Jude, there, and I told people that I worked at St. Jude, so many people thought that I was like working at a children's hospital. Yeah. How kind to get your nose. Yeah. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. It's all right, cause I'm a simple. It's all right, cause I'm a simple. It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday.